Well, if you take your Bibles this morning and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. Grateful to be with you this morning and uh, to be able to preach while my dad is gone. I trust you'll keep him in prayer. He's preaching, I believe, this morning in Rockford, Illinois, and this evening um, up at Falls Baptist Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And just pray that God would use him um, in the places where he is um, as he's away. <clears throat> I want to look at a passage that, uh, some verses in the Word of God that perhaps we know well. Um, but, you know, every one of us, to a greater or lesser degree, uh, we struggle with worry. We struggle with worry. We are a people who are prone uh, to worry. A funny story was told um, of a man, he was a minister. And uh, he was one evening at a, a gathering, he was at a dinner, and he was sitting there at the gathering. This man was prone to worry. And uh, one of the things he worried about all the time was that he was, his limbs were going to be paralyzed and he wouldn't be able to feel anymore. And uh, he's sitting there at the dinner and he reaches down and he pinches his leg and he can't feel it. And he says, oh no, it's happened at last. Total insensibility of your right limb, of the right limb. And the lady next to him leaned over and said, that's my leg you're pinching. So he, he wasn't worrying anymore. <laughs> and you know, the truth is we often worry about things that will never happen. We worry about things that are silly. But, you know, some of the things that we worry about are serious and they are real. And it's wonderful to know that God gives us uh, wisdom to deal uh, with the worries that we face in his word. And uh, I'm going to, tonight I, I, I will give you, I'll tell you a little bit about what God is doing in Arco. Just ask you to pray for the work down there. We praise the Lord for what he is doing. Um, but I, tonight I'll give you some more detail and some things to pray for. And we'll talk about that this evening. So let's look here um, at uh, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to look um, at verse 6 and 7. And it says this, it says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How many of this morning would raise the hand and say, I need God's peace this morning. I need his peace in my life. You know, we all stand in need of God's peace. And let's pray and ask the Lord to bless his word, give us understanding. May this be a life-changing moment for us. Lord, we thank you. And that we can gather together as your people, Lord, and sing your praises. Father, we praise you that you are our mighty King. Lord, that you heard our prayer as we prayed. And Lord, that uh, you are present here, that you're going to work in our hearts and lives. And uh, Father, we just pray that you are a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. Lord, you say in your word, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give you an established end. And Lord, will you do us good now this morning by pouring your spirit out upon this service Give us understanding. Uh, Lord Jesus, in your name, uh, we resist the evil one. He'd love to distract us and just destroy uh, the, the message that you have for us this morning, the things that you want to teach us. And Lord, we do resist him. And Lord Jesus, we just praise you that he flees, Lord, when we do. And Lord, we commit this service to you. We depend on you fully um, to give your word success, Lord, as we sang. And we trust the time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. In order for us to talk about worry, we need first to understand <clears throat> about 
what worry is. What exactly worry is. You know, here in this passage, it starts out by giving us, uh, forbidding us to do something. It says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, that we are not, whatever worrying is, we're not supposed to do it. As Christians, God does not want us uh, to worry. But it's hard not to, isn't it? Hard not to worry. And like I said, sometimes we worry about silly things. But, you know, sometimes the things that we worry about are very real things um, that uh, are a concern to us. The idea of um, to be careful or to be anxious, to be full of care here, is simply to have anxiety, to be unduly concerned about something. And that's what we do uh, when we worry. We worry about things. I want to say this. I think this, this would be helpful to us. Do you know, I honestly believe that the first signs of worry in our heart are not the problem. It's when we don't bring it to God and we end up thinking about it and trying to solve our own problems. I honestly believe that the onset of worry is not a bad thing. The onset of worry is not a bad thing. When we become aware of a problem in our lives or the lives of those we're concerned for, and we take responsibility for it, we want to see that problem solved. Um, that is what happens very often in our hearts and lives. But God says, I want you to bring those things to me, not to worry about them. You know, a good example um, is when Jesus fed the 5,000. You remember that story. Most people be well familiar with the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Um, all these people are gathered uh, listening to Jesus speak. And it gets to dinner time, and the disciples um, very selflessly say, Lord, you need to send them away so they can get food. And they probably were secretly thinking about how they were going to get food as well. Um, but they said, Lord, you need to send them away to get food. And Jesus says to them, he says, you give them to eat. So they see the problem. These people need to eat. And then Jesus puts the responsibility on them. And then they start worrying. They say, Lord, we've only five loaves and two fishes. How, how are we going to feed this multitude? And Jesus says, bring them to me. And then Jesus blesses them and the problem is solved. And so I just want to say the onset of worry is not a bad thing. You know, if, we, if you are worried about a, a genuine spiritual problem today, uh, you need to bring it to the Lord in prayer. You know, I think very often um, there are things that we ought to be worried about that we're not. And there are things that we are worried about that we shouldn't be worried about. Do you know, the kingdom of God and His work in your life and His glory is more important than many lesser things in your life. I mean, where, what do you worry about when you worry? You know, do you worry about, oh, I see this spiritual need in my life. I need to grow. I see, you know, a need over here. This person needs God's help in their life. Do you think like that? Or you say, oh, no. You know, how, how am I going to get money to buy a new television? Or how, how am I going to get money to do this or that? Are your worries on a spiritual plane? Because when we're worrying about the right things, that can lead us to prayer. And that is a good thing. But God says we are not to live uh, in that atmosphere of worry. And uh, once you just read, I've been reading a book um, lately uh, by a man named E.M. Bounds. and He's got eight books in this volume on prayer. I haven't read all of them. Um, but just some stirring things about prayer. 
And you know, worry can be converted into desire that results in a fiery prayer life. Or it can destroy us, depending on how we respond to it. And uh, here in this book, he talks about how that we, we need uh, a burning desire. He says, a desire is the inward consciousness of spiritual need creates desire and desire breaks forth in prayer. Desire is an inward longing for something of which we are not possessed, of which we stand in need, something which God has promised and which may be secured by an earnest supplication of his throne of grace. And then he says this, true prayer must be a flame. Christian life and character need to be all on fire. Lack of spiritual heat creates more infidelity than lack of faith. Not to be consumingly interested about the things of heaven is not to be interested in them at all. And he goes on to say just how that without desire, there is no burden of soul, no sense of need, no ardency, no vision, no strength, no glow of faith. There is no mighty pressure, no holding on to God with a deathless despairing grasp. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. You know, could I say at the beginning, some of us would do well to worry more about the right things so that it would bring us to the place of prayer. You know, is there a person in your life that you see going astray? You know, why don't you get burdened about that person and cry out to God for them? You know, Can God change that situation? Of course he can. He is the mighty God. You know, I've become stirred recently with this fact. There are problems that we see that God could solve quicker than we think if we would really get in the place of prayer before God. Quicker than we think, because he's the God of all flesh and he's able to do that. But you know, if we don't bring these needs, even when we are worried about the right things, if we do not bring those needs to God in prayer, that's when we enter into the sin of worry. And it is a sin. God tells us, be careful for nothing. That's a command. He tells us, I don't want you to worry. So if we worry, we're sinning. You know, um, as I studied this passage, I've begun when, I, when my heart is tempted to worry, I say, Lord, that's sin. And if I find myself worrying, I say, Lord, I confess that as sin. I shouldn't be worrying. I should be bringing it to you in prayer and trusting you to meet that need. But if we don't bring those needs to God in prayer, we begin to worry. And that's where the problem lies. If you look with me at verse 7 there, um, it says that the opposite of worry is the peace of God. And the peace of God will keep us in two ways. It will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. You know, worry, I believe, is first of all, it's a thing that happens in our emotions. We become sad and downcast. You ever get worried about something and you find that you are edgy with people and crabby because you're worrying about something? You know, that not ought not to be. But it sometimes happens, doesn't it? We're worried about something. And it's, it's something that happens in our emotions. We're worried. We're concerned uh, about things. We become fretful and edgy. And so it's something that affects us in our heart. It's also something that affects us in our mind. You know, there are real problems that the people in this room that you face today that play on your mind, they're real. They're things that you think about. They're things that you are concerned about. And, you know, it's only logical for you to be concerned about those things. I mean, they play on your mind. You know, maybe, you know, you we are living in um, somewhat difficult times. You know, there's 
not a lot of money in anybody's pocket right now. And one of the things that we might tend to worry about is finances. And how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to keep food on the table, pay the rent, and take care of those things? And uh, we might tend to worry about those things. You know, that is, that is very real. That is something that comes into our mind. It's not foolish to worry about those things. No, a responsible person will be thinking about those things. How can I meet those needs? Um, and so it's something that affects our mind. And so this is what worry is. Now, let me just say this. We tend to, if I ask for a show of hands, I won't. But if I ask for a show of hands, how many people would say, I'm a worrier? Some people would put up their hands and say, oh, I am on the world's worst. Okay, And some people put their hand up. And if we ask some of your friends, are you a worrier? Some of you people say, oh, yes, they worry about everything. They worry in the morning and they worry at lunchtime and they worry when they're going to sleep. They worry all the time. And, you know, what we would, a person that we would define as a worrier is very often somebody that worries constantly about small things, okay? Someone that worries constantly about small things. But you know what? God says that we are to be anxious for nothing. <laughs> nothing. You know, there are big things that are real problems, that it's make sense to your brain to worry about and that you feel the dread in your heart because you're concerned about those problems and god says i don't even want you worrying about those things i don't want you being anxious being apprehensive being unduly concerned about those things i don't want you to worry about anything and so we define a warrior as someone that worries about small things but you know god defines a warrior as somebody who worries about anything so do you know what? We're all in the same boat. Every one of us are warriors to some degree. We tend to be anxious and to think about things. And so we all need God's help. We need his, his strength in our hearts and lives. Um, the word worry is actually, our English word worry is derived from an old Anglo-Saxon word meaning to strangle or to choke. How well named this emotion. It has been demonstrated again and again in persons who have lost their effectiveness due to the stultifying effect of anxiety and apprehension. A certain well-controlled carefreeness may well be an asset. Normal, sensible concern is an important attribute of the mature person, but worry frustrates one's best functioning. And you know, we all know worry is not a good thing. It doesn't help us. Uh, it, it, It really... Uh, tears us up inside Um, and so god says to us he says i don't want you worrying about anything be careful or full of care or worried about nothing then he gives us the alternative he gives us uh, the alternative now i want to show you something here god's alternative to worry is prayer it's prayer okay and you know i i submit to you that some of the greater, greatest warriors in this room could be the greatest prayer warriors in this church if they would apply this simple passage to their lives. It's so simple. But let me just show you something. You know, we'll say in our life, uh, we have many things that we are concerned about and they're represented by these two columns. 
And here we've got things that are worries. And here we've got things that are requests, things that we have brought to the Lord in prayer. Okay? And you know, whenever a problem comes into our life, it immediately, because we're human beings, it goes into this worry column. Okay? But you know what? You and my job is to get it out of that column into this one as quick as we can. Okay? Um, I have a worry. I, ha- I have maybe financial needs. So we just put money. I'm worried about money. I'm worried about um, a person I know uh, who's struggling spiritual, spiritually. Maybe not saved. Or maybe just not following Jesus. And you know, if you leave those in the worry column, they will eat you up for who knows how long and destroy your peace. And what you need to do is you need to get before the Lord in prayer and you need to put them firmly in the request column. Lay the whole thing out before God. Submit it to Him. Ask Him to meet the need and then don't let it back into the worry column. Isn't that what sometimes happens? We pray about it and it comes back into the worry column. So God wants us, instead of worrying, He wants us to pray. He wants us to bring those things to the Lord. Now, verse uh, 6, the second part says, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So he says, instead of worrying, we are not to worry. But instead, we are to let our requests be made known unto God. And then he tells us um, in the verse how to do that. But we are to let our requests be made known unto God. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 for a second. How can we let God know about the problems in our life? Doesn't he already know about them? Doesn't he already know about them? Yes, you can answer, okay? Yes, he does. He knows about those problems. He knows about those problems. But look at with me. Look with me at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7. God knows those things, but He's waiting for us to cast our dependence on Him. Verse 7 says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. God knows what you need already. You know what? Prayer does two things. Number one, in prayer, we cast our dependence upon God. And it's not so much that prayer works. It's that God works. And He hears the prayer of His children. You know, if I'm worrying about money, God has said that He will supply my needs. Not my wants, but my needs, doesn't He? He's going to keep me alive. You know, He's going to supply my needs. If there's a genuine need... And I'm looking to him and I'm putting him first in my finances, tithing and giving. He's going to meet the need. He's going to take care of that. But you know, I could just sit there and worry about it. But when I bring that need to God, he already knows about it. But he's waiting on me to depend on him to meet it. You know, God is a gentleman. He doesn't just bust his way into your life and say, I'll fix that for you. He waits for you to ask him. He wants to see that dependence. And so... When we pray, first of all, 
we, God is way, he know, already knows about the need, but the reason we need to make it known to him is we need to depend on him to meet the need. You know, that means we don't have to have, uh, you know, a three-day uh, prayer warfare, you know, to get the grocery bill paid. No. <laughs> we just, he knows the need. We just need to say, Lord, I'm depending on you for it. And he'll do it. He'll meet the need. We just need to trust in a big God. It's not the fervency of our prayer or the length of the time we spend in prayer, but did we really put that need on God and say, Lord, I'm trusting you to meet it. But you know, the second thing uh, that when we, when we make our request known to God is it does us good. It does us good. Because we've invited the omnipotent God into that situation. You know, think of something that you tend to worry about. Okay, everybody just take a second. Think of something that you tend to worry about. Can you do anything about that? Like, ask yourself, can you do anything about that thing that you tend to worry about? Maybe some things. But, you know, most of the things that we worry about, ultimately, <laughs> we can't do anything about them. Can God do something about it? And why are you worrying about it? <laughs> why are you worrying about it? Why not invite God into the situation Ask him to help and rest. Have peace. Don't um, be up nights thinking about that thing. And so in everything, uh, we are to let our requests be made known unto God. We are to make him, obviously he already knows, but we're to take those things and lay them uh, before him in prayer. How do we do that? Well, the verse tells us two ways, I believe, two ways uh, that we uh, do this. And this is something that has been a help to me least recently. Let's turn back to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He says, In everything, let your request be made known unto God. But then there's a little phrase in there, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, I don't know about you, but so the supplication part is easy to do. Now, let me describe the difference between these two. First of all, prayer, um, that first phrase, I believe that's talking about on-purpose intercession. That's when we set aside maybe a time and a place where we pray. Maybe sometimes you fast and pray uh, for a spiritual need in your life. You know, it's amazing. God, uh, G Jesus said to the disciples, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. You know, get before the Lord, focus on Him, take a day, uh, say, I don't need breakfast, I don't need lunch, I'm going to seek the Lord. And it is amazing what God can do. God is a big God, and He answers prayer. And you know, I think that by prayer, it may be just a, a, a little time that you might take, maybe in your morning prayer time. Or maybe when you give that thing that you're worrying about, you say, I'm going to take a half an hour here, and I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to speak to the Lord, or, or maybe a longer time. Um, so prayer, I believe that's speaking about on-purpose intercession, a designated time of prayer uh, for something. But then by supplication and thanksgiving, the idea of supplication is more of an urgent request to meet a need. So, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm worrying about something, I find, uh, you know, the only time I pray about it is when I start worrying about it. I think, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to worry. I'm supposed to bring everything to the Lord by prayer and supplication. Lord, meet that need. Because I'm hoping the worry will go away. 
And that's really, I think, the idea of supplication uh, is urgent prayer to meet a need. That's the idea of that word. But, you know, we need both ways if we're going to have the peace of God. You know, the thought came to me recently about something I was being tempted to worry about. Why don't you actually on purpose set a time and say, I'm going to pray for that matter and that matter alone. And I'm going to try and move the God who has control over that situation. I'm going to try and see God do something in the situation through prayer. And not just trying to get rid of the worry, but really on purpose taking prayer. You know, you might have something here today and in a room this size, no doubt, that you are desperately worried about. That you are up at night with sometimes. That maybe you have physical complaints uh, because you worry about this matter so often and so deeply. Have you ever thought of not just praying about it in a casting a prayer up to heaven when the worry comes to your mind, but saying, I'm going to set aside Tuesday. I'm going to take an hour on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. And I'm going to get before the Lord and I'm going to pray that thing through. I'm going to pray till I can't think of anything more to say to God on the matter. And ask Him to meet that need. You know, we need both. We need prayer and we need supplication. And notice what it says, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. How often that is absent. You know, the same God who can meet the need is the God who perhaps allowed that situation in your life or the person that you're worried about. And you know, you need to thank Him. Lord, thank You. You know, the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Listen, no matter how difficult the situation is in your life, God knows about it and He allowed it. He allowed it in your life uh, so uh, that uh, for your good. And so we are to, by prayer and supplication, let those things be made known unto God. And this is the fun part. Verse 7, the result. Look at verse 7 with me. This is the result um, of this process. The pe- and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Now, let's talk for a moment. You know, it sounds good, doesn't it? Mmm, <laughs> I want some of that. I want the peace of God in my life. And I know that you do too. Let's talk about the peace of God for a minute, okay? Do you know it's different to the world's peace? Did you know the world has a brand of peace that's not really peace? The world has a brand of peace that's not really peace. Do you know how the world gets peace? Escape. Rejecting responsibility. I don't care. That's how the world gets peace. They get peace by just saying, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care what happens in that situation. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, why don't we turn there? John chapter 14 and verse 27. Jesus talked about the peace of God here. 
And it's, he says this, he says, peace I leave unto you. He's speaking to the disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Neither let it be afraid. You know, the world will sell you a kind of peace. Escape, reject responsibility. You know, I will say it again. There are things that you ought to be worried about. There are things that ought to stir a deep desire in your heart that drives you to the throne of grace. Do you know, if we, if we were worried about the right things, we'd be better prayer warriors. And you know, some of you might be in this room and you are getting peace by rejecting responsibility for things that you ought to accept responsibility for. And how important it is. But the world will say, just forget about it. Forget about it. You know, we hear songs that the world sings. You know, there's a, a very well-known song. I, I don't endorse it or anything. Um, but don't worry, be happy. You know, and that whole mind, don't worry worry about anything now you'll be thinking about that for the rest of the day i'm sorry about that (laughs) but you know that's the world's peace just be happy have a drink do some drugs do some drugs you know that's what the world will say escape you know lose yourself in some enjoyable pastime you know maybe something not even sinful but escape leave it all behind but you know what Our God is not a God that gives us peace that is an escape from the responsibilities of our life. No, He gives gives us peace by giving us power to meet those responsibilities. And you know, you might be worried about something today. And you know, it's not a bad thing that you're concerned about that thing. But it will eat you up if you don't bring it to God in prayer. It will destroy you. You'll be edgy. You'll be mean to your kids and unkind to your spouse. You'll be a pain to live with. And you know what? You need to get on your knees before God and bring that matter to God in prayer. So God is going to give us peace uh, that is in contrast uh, to the peace of the world. I heard a a beautiful description um, of the peace of God. Let me read it for you here. Just becoming a Christian does not spare us from the difficult circumstances of life. However, the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives can supply us with one of life's greatest treasures, the peace of God, in spite of any circumstances. The Apostle Paul had this in mind when he wrote the words, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that, of course, is our text. But listen to this. An untroubled, unworried, peaceful individual facing the circumstances of life possesses a peace which passeth all understanding. That is the peace of God which the Holy Spirit longs to give every believer. Now, when we think about what the peace of God is, do you have the peace of God? You know, you might have peace with God. In other words, you recognize one day, I don't have peace with God because of my sin and I'm on my way to a real place called hell. And you put your faith in Jesus and now you have peace with God. You're forgiven. But you know, you can have peace with God without having the peace of God because that requires 
following God's directions, being filled with the Spirit, and then giving those things to God in prayer rather than worrying about them. And so we, we have to ask ourselves, do I have the peace of God? God offers it to us. He promises that the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Notice that it, it, it passes all understanding. Again, remember we talked about, we sometimes worry about silly things that we really shouldn't worry about. It's just silly. But there are things in our life that we worry about and they are real matters of concern for us. And, you know, for us to commit those to an all-powerful God and have peace about those matters, it passes all understanding. It doesn't make logical sense. To a lost world, they look on and they say, you're nuts. You're crazy. You should be worried about that. But you know what? We don't have to be. Because we can bring those things to God. And you know what I suggest? Thing one, have a time of prayer where you pray for that thing you're worrying about. And in your time of prayer, ask God for a promise that relates to the thing that you're worrying about. You know, that is key. We often need a promise to rest on to kill that worry in our lives. We need a promise of God to rest on. But secondly, remember the supplication part. When that worry comes to your heart, let God use that to prompt you to pray. And don't pray like this. Oh Lord, please meet that need. Oh Lord, please. Oh no, what am I going to do? Don't pray like that. Say, Lord, I've already committed this to you in prayer. And I claim that promise that you gave me. And Lord, I'm trusting you to meet that need. And Lord, I thank you that you are going to. See, that's on the victory side of worry. You know, they come back to our hearts, don't they? It's like, like a worm. You know, you cut him in half and he becomes two worms, you know. And it's like that with worry. You think you've killed it and back it comes. But you know what? That's where we use supplication with thanksgiving. Lord, I know you're going to meet that need. And Lord, I just want you to know I'm depending on you. I'm looking to you to take care of that. And I refuse to worry. I resist that temptation to worry. And you know, as we do that, God says the peace of God which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you know what? It doesn't say that you will keep your hearts in the peace of God. Do you know the peace of God is something that keeps you. You don't keep your heart in peace. You know, don't we find ourselves struggling? I I don't know about you, but we find ourselves sometimes struggling to be what we think we ought to be uh, as God's children. And you know what God says? God says, you need to recognize, listen, you're a failure. Do you know, you and I will never have victory over worry by ourselves. But if we will follow God's directions and trust him, he says the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love, there's a simple song that we sometimes sing in our our church. And uh, the chorus uh, goes like this. I hold not the rock, but the rock holds me. The rock holds me, the rock holds me. I hold not the rock, but the rock holds me. Founded on the rock of God. And just how that Jesus, he keeps us. We don't keep ourselves in peace. His peace will keep us. And you know, it's an amazing thing. I dare you to try it. If you're worried about something today, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart your emotions. It will keep your mind. It will even satisfy your mind. You'll be thinking, hold on. God's on the job. I gave that to God. The almighty God 
is at work in that situation. I don't need to worry about it anymore. I don't need to be anxious and apprehensive about it. I can trust God. And then notice that last phrase, through Christ Jesus. Do you know, until we are saved, we are doomed to a life of worry and concern. You know, for a person who, who does not know Christ as their personal Savior, there's only two options. Number one, the world's peace. Go down and get some beer and get slaughtered, get drunk. Seriously. Or just let all your responsibilities go. You know, don't worry about what's happening in your life. Just, oh, I don't care. Either that or just live in worry and fear and perhaps die young because of worry and fear. But you know what? The peace of God will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, the only reason we have the opportunity to have the peace of God is because of Jesus. Because he died on the cross to save us. And because we have a relationship with God. You know, the only reason I can bring my request to God is through Christ Jesus. That's the only way. I'm a sinner. I, I, God, I would be consumed in God's presence apart from the blood of Christ. I'm a sinner. But I can come boldly to God's throne of grace and ask Him to help in time of need because of Jesus. And you know, the only reason that I can have peace, the peace of God, is because I have peace with God through Christ Jesus. And praise God, we can only give glory to Jesus Christ that we can have this peace. You know, the peace of God is a treasure, is it not? It is a treasure to be able to be free from worry. Let me ask you this morning, you know, are you consumed with worry? Or are you bringing those things to God in prayer? We must answer that question honestly before God. Because friend, you know, you might justify your worrying. But let me tell you, God says it's sin. God commands us, be careful for nothing. And you know, we might need to get right with God today and start solving our problems His way, bringing them to Him in prayer. Be careful for nothing. Let's bow in prayer this morning. Father, we thank You, Lord, uh, for Your solutions to life's problems. Lord, the Bible is so practical, Lord. And God, I just pray that You would help us uh, to understand what you would have us to do uh, in relation to this message. Lord, may it be very clear in our hearts and minds, just with heads bowed and eyes closed. I will have the instruments begin to play. Let me ask you this question. How many would say, you know, God has convicted my heart this morning of the sin of worry? How many would raise the hand? God has spoken to my heart, convicted me of the sin of worry. Who will be brave enough to raise a hand? I see those hands. See those hands. You can put those down. Is there anyone else? God has spoken to my heart about the sin of worry. I see those hands. You can put those down. Is there anyone else? Anyone else at all? And just with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, let me ask one other question. How many would say, you know, God spoke to my heart, I don't have peace with God. I've never been saved. I need to be born again this morning because I sure need that peace in my life. And who would raise the hand and say, God has spoken to my heart. I need to be saved this morning. And we'd be glad to take a, have somebody meet you at the back and take a Bible and show you how you can get that settled this morning. Is there anyone like that at all this morning? 
Well, let's stand to our feet together. And let's take our hymn books. We're going to uh, turn to all your anxiety, all your care.